rest in the queendom. Radio propagation. Three, two, one. Welcome to No Rest in the Queendom by yours truly, the one and only Nita Love, the number one lifestyle podcast that was created to propel the everyday creator and entrepreneur woman into her destiny. Queens, get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Hey, queen, shine on no rest in the queendom. No rest in the queendom. This is yours truly, the one and only Nita Love. And today I have a special guest with me, my dear, amazing Sagittarius sister, friend, like, I don't even know, like the words, we can't even put them into, you know, the universe to describe our friendship, our sistership, kinship, whatever. Um, the one and only Brianna Powell, a.k.a. Breezy, you know, the writer. Hi, Breezy. Hello. All right, she's um the writer. Well, I'm going to let you tell what you actually do, but I wanted to say the writer of, um, well, actually the author of Rose Colored Glasses, where you can find everywhere, but I'm going to let you talk about that, Breezy. Yes, I am the author of Rose Colored Glasses. It is available worldwide. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Amazon.com. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, yes, I am a writer. I also um, do events and I do healthy life coaching and motivational speaking. So that's what I've gotten into this past year. I never really labeled myself as any of those things, but you know how we do as Sagittarians. We, I mean, we rule the world. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Duh. <laughs> like the the most amazing sign. We're just creative artists. And, you know, to have a friend who shares my, I guess, my thought processes and and the things that I want to do and how I want to project what I'm giving to the world. I think you kind of sum that up for me, um, just being the all in amazing person that you are. And so what I guess what inspired you to write the book? I know that we all as creative artists, we um, specifically, you know, in this new generation where we all have the ability to create, whether it be art, music, um, writing, poetry, um, what made you just stick to that one thing and finish it and see it into, you know, fruition? That is a very good question. So I've been writing since I was 12. And um, I used to write just as a form of release because I never thought that my mom really fully understand understood me. So I would be like, oh, she never gets me. Let me write this in my journal. And then I started actually writing poetry as an art form because we had a class in my, um, in my um, boys and girls club. And it was young probably our age now, but it was young authors, they came and they talked to us about poetry and what to do, and then I started to fall in love with it. The way that Rose Colored Glasses came about all these years later is that I wrote Rose Colored Glasses when I turned 30, right? That year, I had declared at the top of it, well, actually, at my birthday, I said, you know what? 30 is going to be the best year of my life. 
I am not going to hold anything back because I don't know if you remember us talking. We were talking about when we reach 30, it's just going to click. It's going to happen for us. You, uh, you know, like we were talking about how amazing it was to turn 30 instead of trying to dread it. Like everybody was like, oh, my 20s are about to be over, right? Right. So I was like, this is going to be the best year of my life instead of the worst year. <laughs> like, so um, I also was going through a very big breakup with a guy who um, I later found out had a mental illness. Right. Um, he was clinically diagnosed with depression, but never really said anything to me about it until about the middle of our relationship. I thought that I could fix him. Wow. <laughs> and I could not. You know right. what I mean? You know how we think like, oh, it's okay. I will be there to support you. Tell me what I should do. Tell me, you know, like, how can I help you not be depressed? You know? Right. And, um, <laughs> and so that turned into a disaster, like a disaster. Um, and I ended up going to my therapist like, yo, help me. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do I help this man? And she was like, actually, because he's been clinically diagnosed, you can't help him do anything. You know what I mean? Like, you can just be there for support if he asks you for something that, you know, he really needs, blah, 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 right? Went on about that. One day, the day that I had decided to choose myself, we had gone back and forth for like a week. We were arguing. And I had to do, at that time, I was in service um, for events. And I had to do a all-day lock-in from 6 to 6. Wow. I was up at 6 a.m. I mean, I was up at 5 a.m. He calling me, and I, I told him, I said, you know what? Today, I really just can't do this with you. I just right. can't. And I was like, I have to choose me today. Unfortunately, I have to go into this situation with a better mindset. And he was like, well, fine. I never tried to be a burden on you. Like, this is the response he's giving me. And... Um, I was like, well, I'll just call you on my lunch. I see you're in a bad mood. Don't worry. I'll check up on you later. I never talked to him again. He ghosted me. Wow. Straight ghosted. I called. I called. I called. I called. I showed up at this man's house. Do you understand? Like, I'm like, what? The day that I chose me. Right. The one day. Mm -hmm. The one time out of all these months. Now, mind you, we knew each other for two years before we even started dating. Our friendship was great. He was also Sagittarius. Oh. So I was like, okay, here we go. Like, we know each other. Like, But you know we do me. ghost people. Yeah. That That so, is one of our traits, unfortunately. I, I have a problem with that, um, and I'm working on that. But, but finish. I'm sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> but so he ghosted me. And to be honest, I did not know what to do with that type of energy. Because you know, <laughs> we do not like to be ignored. Right. Okay? Do not ignore me. If anything, you can be a man and talk to me and tell me what's going on. Even if you don't want to continue the relationship, just tell me. Right. But to not talk to me, that's like literally torture, you know? Like, don't, don't do that. So in order to channel all of that energy, I started writing. I just started writing everything like oh my god i can't stand this man oh my god i love this man oh my god what am i gonna do what did i do wrong like then you start blaming yourself and it was a whole bunch of journal entries and then um a friend of mine that was at work with me she was like 
this sounds so beautiful. Like, your pain sounds so beautiful. She was like, you should really write a book. And right. I was like, ah, I never thought about writing a book. You know, I'm an artist. You know, I've always wanted to come out with an album first. You know, like, do something crazy. I, I, but the truth is, I've always been a writer. It's never not been in my life. So I just was like, you know what? You're right. I'm 30. I can write a book. I can do whatever. And I was, like, extremely fearless in my third, like when I turned 30. And nothing was going to stop me, especially after that breakup. I was like, forget the world. I'm about to do me. And that's how Rose Colored Glasses came along, is that I just threw everything to the side and put everything into this book. Awesome. And, you know, you said a lot of things that, you know, kind of want to take me into um, different avenues here, but I'm going to try to stay the course, but you really just open up the door, especially when you spoke about mental health, uh, illness, about being a strong black woman. What I hear from you is, um, you know, just being exhausted as a, as a black woman, sometimes in, in this world, it can be exhausting trying to be everything for everyone. And then we end up being nothing for ourselves. And so that was definitely an inspiration, I'm sure. And we have all found that to be something that we have endured and gone through and trying to help people in, in whatever aspect of their life, but especially with the mental health issue in the uh, black community, specifically black men and black women have admitted that we need help and we see therapists and we're medicated and we see our doctors, but unfortunately they're, you know, behind on the times and accepting and embracing that there is something that may be a clinical imbalance mentally for me. And, you know, I can go on and on because I think that mental health, unfortunately, has gotten so mainstream that it, it it's fearful because when things get mainstream, they get downplayed. And so what we begin to do is use it as an excuse. And there are really people who are battling, you know, mental illness, who are battling depression for real and not saying that they have a bad day and I'm depressed. But there are people who really have anxiety. Like, you know, I, I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but I literally I um realized that I have an issue with uh, anxiety and I had to really go to my doctor after dealing with it for so long. And she finally said, you know, you're just going to have to kind of get on a little something to kind of get you a little, you know, to where you need to be and be smoothed out. And I know that has a lot to do with the creative side of me and wanting to do everything and everything at once. And it gives me anxiety. So I want to talk on that part um, yeah. with the mental illness side of it, because you, you led me here, Bree. I mean, you led me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, even just now in your voice, when you said, I have to get on a little something, you see how we still mm-hmm. have a little bit of shame. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Right. Lot, thankfully, we're not alone, right? Right. Thankfully. But you did hit the nail on the head when you said, that mental health has become so such a mainstream thing. People have made it a consumerism thing. Absolutely. Um, doctors have ne- now made it a prescription medicine thing. Yeah. This is just the age-old tale. Now when we catch on to something, of course the powers that be are going to work it against us. Right. 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 And so um, I have battled with a little bit of anxiety myself because I have the same issue. 
where I want to do everything. Like, we're so creative. Stuff rushes at us. Right. We're like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, this is And then we lack the processes to make it, uh, you know, come to fruition. Right, to follow it through. Right, right. Exactly. Because so so much is... We're looking back, like, I never did all of this stuff because I got so overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with the thought of making it happen. Yeah. And then you actually end up in, in, like I said, like before 30, I would ignorantly say that I did not believe in failure. And I oftentimes say this, that I did not believe in failure until I failed at something. Mm, And so like what that means for me is that because like you said, things begin to rush at us and we, we, we are trying to do all of those things, but we're not doing anything and, and like you're not completing them. And so then you feel like after so long of doing this, you can, you know, shrug it off. You can kind of go on with your life and just like, oh, well, I'll just try the next new thing. But then when you hit, I don't know what it is about that 30, baby. When you hit 30, you're like, you know what, girl. I failed. Like, I failed miserably. I'm a failure. I'm looking at my life. This is not at all where I thought that I would be. This is not at all where I think that my God wants me to be. I am letting people down. Um, I'm letting myself down. More importantly, forget people. I'm letting myself down. But sometimes when you have a gift that is for other people, you take on that burden as well. Not, Not in a sense of, you know, I care about what people think, but no, I have something that is going to be beneficial to others. And because I'm not showing up, then I'm letting them down. You know what I'm saying? So that can be frustrating. And so, you know, Charlemagne the God, um, has taken on, you know, this thing of being for some reason, I'm trying not to go here, but we're going to go here because you know what? I'm going to say this again because Bree brought me here. I love him too, but recently he just did something that was just like over. That was It was a little much for me. It was a bit too much, and you know what I'm talking about. Um, but Because um, me and you, we like that. But I love him, and I love that he has, as a black man, has taken the mantle on in saying that, you know, mental health is, is mental illness is real. It is a real thing. Right. And sometimes we need a little help. Sometimes we can't exactly. fight it. I realized, you know, a couple years back that this age old, strong black woman thing wasn't for me because it, for me. it wasn't for my grandmother who thought it was for her. It wasn't for my mother. We have not successfully been able to do it. So, you know what? I, it ain't for me. Like, I can't deal with trying to be a strong black woman when I'm broken, when I'm hurting, when I'm um, feeling lonely, when I want things from, you know, maybe the opposite sex and I can't do it on my own. Like, it, I can't carry this burden into this next, you know, decade. And thank God I let it go before 2020 because I couldn't carry that into another year of my life, trying to be something that society has projected on me. And, you know, 
Oh my God, my mind is just going so many places right now with this because Brie brought me here. We actually, we're going to talk about some other things, but here we are talking about yeah. mental illness and things of that such as strong black women. But it's important. Yeah, it's it is. Important. It's very important. It's important to touch on it because the thing about us and goal setting and, uh, you know, intention setting for the next decade, it depends on your health. Right. It depends on your mental state. It depends on you trying to carry a burden. You can't you can't be light and free. Right. You got all these chains on you. Absolutely. So it's important to talk about it. And I do love Charlemagne for talking about black men having mental illness, right? Right. And I, I appreciate my ex lover for telling me, Okay, I can't hide this from you anymore because I also take medication for this, which affects me physically, right? Wow. So, there are people out here who are silently suffering, taking medication, afraid to tell their partners, I'm just not one of those people. I am a very transparent, open book, and I need you to be the same for me so that I can be the best me around you. Absolutely. So, I think that it's very important for us to have that conversation about black men. I think that it's important for us to have that conversation around black women. I think more, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound like, oh, don't men get enough, right? But it is important to have men in the conversation heavily because women are going to empowerment groups, women are going to therapy, women are going to their friends and we're openly talking, we're getting our feelings out, we're expressing and we're getting all this empowerment and then we're bringing it back home to our partners who are not talking about it and confused that this new woman that you've become and now they're not compatible with you because you've uh, realized all these things about yourself but they haven't been able to be free on, on theirs either. Right. You know I mean, and now they're stuck in their rut, and you're all free. And right. So now we we have to talk about that because there's because, because there's still an imbalance. To move forward. Right. Yeah, because you know if we're doing all this self help and self care, mm-hmm. um, there's still going to be an imbalance. There's still going yeah. to be, you know, where our side is a little tilted, and we already know the world has done enough in um, separating us from our kings. And so what we want to do is, and, and, and we can't, as, as black men, you can't be so close off to hearing these things from us because it, it helped us. And so what we're trying to do is help you to free yourself. And I love, like I said, I love that Charlemagne and so many others are now speaking on it and and talking about it. But I do not like, um, like you said, this is the age old tale of how when, you know, we start talking about things and start getting free, then, of course, people are going to try and monetize it. But I want to say this. A lot of people. If you, you know, I'm going to talk about this, Summer Walker, you know, sometimes when you have the luxury of finances, then you have the ability to say what you don't want to do and what you don't want to show up for, right? And so people who don't have, who are living paycheck to paycheck, who are, you know, not making as much money or not living their dreams who are not doing as well as they want to financially. They don't have the luxury of laying in bed 
saying, I, I, I just can't. I don't want to show up for work. What we have to do now as a society, now that we know this is an issue, we cannot utilize mental illness as an excuse. We have to take care of it, deal with the issues at hand. And yes, there may be days that you don't want to get out of bed, that you don't want to do things, but we cannot utilize it as a crutch to not show up for the things that God has blessed us with. So when I say Summer Walker, it is amazing that you reached the top peak of your career and then you decide to say, ah, I got anxiety. I can't deal with dealing with people. But baby, that's what you get paid to do. Um, that young lady who is working that job that she has to work to provide for her kids. She doesn't have the luxury to say that she has anxiety. She doesn't want to show up because if she doesn't, then she lose stuff. Right. Like bills got to be paid. So I don't want the the industry to start dictating to everyday people how we have to show up because let me tell you I've been medicated for over four years and baby I gotta go to work I take my medication in the morning and I have to deal with life and that also teaches us how to deal with the things that are going to come at us in our everyday lives like things aren't going to always be peachy and you know peachy and creamy and and you're able to deal with people and their mental health things and not able to deal with them rather. And, you you know, it's not going to be great every day. And so you're going to have to learn how to deal with um, problems that may arise that may spark your anxiety, that may spark your depression. And you're going to have to overcome those things. And that's the only part that I wanted to put in there as far as um, it being mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. I think that with Summer Walker's case, because uh, because it is so mainstream, I, w- I wondered how it would be perceived to her audience, right, and to everybody who, uh, I'm going to say it, who lacks critical thinking skills, right? <laughs> so here's the thing. A lot of people nowadays, and I'm generalizing, right, a lot of people nowadays, our younger generation, the people that are uh, saturated on social media, they don't think critically. No, not at all. They don't separate. They don't analyze, right? They take everything at face value. And they often see how surface that is when they hit the floor, right, when they try to take everything in their life at face value and it doesn't work for them, right? So with Summer Walker, I, I, I mean, I talked about this uh, when I saw it. I talked about it with my friend Sam. And we were talking about how, okay, I get it. I get that you have anxiety, and we don't want to downplay that if that's a true fact in a statement, right? But what you're not showing is how you are helping yourself deal with anxiety. Right. Just, it just looks like you just gave up. Gave up. It's like, okay, I've I reached this peak. I'm on tour, but you right. know, I decided I ain't going to. I'm going to cancel about you 10 know, dates. That's it. <laughs> Instead of speaking about, okay, you guys. I have anxiety. It's right. actually very hard for me to deal with. I thought 
that I would be able to go on tour and to be there for you guys. But it's actually challenging for me to be on the stage. And then what would be even better is if she continued the conversation after. Instead right. of just dropping it and leaving it, but then you're showing up at every um, event and you're showing up at every award show and you're showing up getting awards and you're... you're, you're Accolades, absolutely. So it's like a duality of what you said. Mm-hmm. And you're not actually giving the people the reality of what's going on. If you have anxiety, then you need to be getting treated for anxiety. One of my favorite people that I follow is Sheila Marie. She has anxiety pretty bad, but she does a lot of steps in order to be there and show up for us. She's even said recently that um, she doesn't like to be that intimate on Instagram anymore. So she started a Patreon page where she can actually deal with people who want to be there, people who want to hear what she has to say, people who also want to heal and things of that nature because her platform of 10,000 people is becoming very overwhelming to her because she has anxiety. But you see how she can break that down for us and you see how the conversation is still going, whereas Summer Walker just gave up on a tour and didn't continue the conversation about it. Right. Everybody just feels like you left them hanging. Right. And, and, and again, and you and I, we probably feel the same way, and I'm pretty sure we do. Um, this new generation is going to have to learn how to... And I agree 100% with everything you said, but, you know, when you have the luxury to to give up and what I mean by luxury money, honey, when you got money, you you can you can decide what you want to show up for. And that's a problem for me. But um, um, I want to say that the new generation, if you're listening and as we're talking about mental health and mental illnesses, um you're going to have to learn how to deal with life without social media. (laughs) So like, I'm always like, Lord, why won't you bless me to be a multi billion dollar celebrity? And I can teach these people how I wouldn't give a rat's ass about what anyone thinks. Listen, listen, honey, you think I would care about what Joe Blow care what he is saying about me on on social media to the point where I'm honey my anxiety wasn't triggered by no you know no opinion of anyone trust me my anxiety was triggered by things I've endured through my life and like I said just being a creative artist um listen I've been through some stuff and my anxiety has nothing to do with what you think of me on social media because I understand that everyone is not who they post to be and so what you're posting online is not who you are it's a curated um list of things that and you know you and i have talked about this brie um it's it's something that you have really put out there to show people who you are what you want them to see and so this new generation you know of young people who live and i think about my nephew like he's 12 and i think about he has not lived a life without you know, all this technology and now he has an iPhone, you know, I'm mortified by what he's being exposed to, how he's valuing himself, how he's seeing his self-worth. And like right now he's, he's gone through like, y'all, he is on, you know, he's with me on my plan. So he's gone through probably about four iPhones at this point. 
and I'm like, I'm letting him sit it out, but he is so anxious to, to get another one because this is, this is their livelihood. This is the thing that not because he wants a phone, but because he wants the things and the contents that are within the phone. And so what I'm saying is to the, (laughs) exactly (laughs) like they have no clue. Like now with all these, these gaming systems, they don't even know how to connect with people you know one of my other nephews he's having problems making friends and i'm like boy you can't make friends on xbox live or playstation live all day like you have to go outside and and meet people and i even told him about the scripture that while he was with me over the christmas break i was like there's a scripture in the bible that says in order to have friends basically to sum it up you have to show thyself friendly you how are you gonna be how are you gonna have friends in a social life without being friendly and being social and i'm not talking about on social media that's not real this you gotta have some one-on-one contact with an actual person and so i think a lot of times with with the new wave of 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 mental illness it is it is definitely being sparked by all of this social media and and people are very cruel don't get me wrong there are some cruel people there are some things that these young people are saying and doing to each other whether it's bullying and 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 doing it cyberly and it's it's very scary but honey we didn't have the luxury to be bullied online (laughs) like you went to school Right, like we had people that was waiting on us at three o'clock, baby. You know, yeah, like I was terrified. My brother walked me to class for my first, I think, first and kindergarten and first grade. He walked me to class every day until he finally was like, I'm tired of going on the first grade hallway. You're gonna have to walk yourself. (laughs) And I was like, No, like. Because I actually had a real live bully. Like, so, you know, for you to, you guys have a luxury of saying he's cyberbullying. Like, you think I would give a rat? Cyberbullying? I'm like, yeah. Right. Get your ass offline. Exactly. Go outside. Meet some real friends who might have your real back. And maybe you won't worry about. I know this is dispelling all of this. <laughs> We're so sorry. I mean, it's just. <laughs> the social media world is, is hilarious to me. But I have also been a slave to it, right? Yeah. I have also felt the same way. I want to be in the know. I want to know what everybody's doing. I want to see. And I'm comparing my life. Why am I not doing that? Mm-hmm. That person just she just made a million dollars off of something I've been doing since I was 12. Things like that. Right. Right. But again, with the younger generation, they don't have the ability to separate. Right. God, we were we were born in the generation that we were born in, right? Because we got a balance. Both worlds. We have the technology world and we have what we had before technology and the things that we had to do in order to compensate and to make us who we were. Right. right? And I find it I find it very interesting that more kids have mental illness with social media because the the truth is you don't have to see those people. Right. And we, I guess and we got to do a better job I'm of teaching how them. You have so much anxiety when you well I think it gives yeah I think it gives you anxiety because like you said you're 
you're looking at something and not being able to determine determine that this is this person's real their high real. So it's right. it's it's not their lows. It's it's definitely you know no one posts that you know I'm dealing with anxiety. And if they do, we don't read it. Like who wants to be depressed? Like get <laughs> off, yo. Like like you know this British um <laughs> um radio host the other day. I was dying laughing. I'll send it to you, Bree, because she was talking about how people do all these you know, paragraphs of posts, but on Instagram. And she was like, the keyword to Instagram, it's instant. It's not supposed to be paragram. So, so, you know, no one wants to read a paragraph. And I was, I was dying laughing because, you know, even myself, like I'm a writer as well. So, you know, I can get lengthy in what I'm expressing, but then I'm like, these people are not reading this. You know what? Like, and we know they're not reading this because if you go to the shade room and if it's something that has to do with words and not pictures, 99% of the comments are going to say, I ain't reading that. What, what's she talking about? Like somebody, somebody summarize it for me because this is, and I'm like, this is a sad generation. Do you guys even read books? And, and you know, you know, I know the answer because we can tell honey, we can tell, um, trust me all those people that don't read we know okay i had to get in the microphone and say that we know you don't have to tell us that you don't read because we we understand we can hear it and i gotta say this a little louder we know we know okay so like it's it's hilarious but I, I just think that social media, um, and this is going to take us into our next segment and we're going to wrap things up, but we wanted to, um, talk Bria and myself about 2020 intentions and things of that nature and how it ties into the social media and mental health and things of that nature, because we want you to be your best self in this new decade and in this new year and not on some foo-foo, what is your new year's resolution? But there are some things that we should be setting some goals and intentions that we should be setting for ourselves, um, for the new year so that we can actually accomplish these things that we've set out to do. And these plans that we have in January that we see that they have been completed in December. So, um, one thing that I'm, I'm starting to do is, um, just taking a break off social media so much, um, being consumed by it. Um, now for me, I believe that brands, uh, I believe in branding. So I'm not going to leave completely off social media because too many people have made too many millions off social media. So that's my thing. I like to um, look at the algorithms and things of that nature of promoting a business. But if you are finding yourself um, comparing your life, if you're finding yourself getting anxiety because of what your friends or people that you follow have accomplished and it's making you you know, feel pretty shitty about yourself, um, then what we want you to do is take a break, take a break from, you know, social media, maybe the first three or four hours of the day, don't look at any social media, getting your, whatever you do, if you do your prayer closet, if you meditate, whatever you do, do that, um, do something, go outside, walk, you know, um, just find yourself getting busy as opposed to doing social media. Um, and another thing with, with, um, finances and and businesses, if you are consumed by social media, find something that you're good at and like monetize it. 
Figure out how you're going to monetize it. Study those who you need to study and launch a business, launch a career. Uh, it, it's kind of easy now to be a self business person um, in the world. Uh, wouldn't you like agree with, with that, Bree, as far as social media being the positives and the Absolutely. negatives? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it's very easy to become your own business person at this point, doing things that you love. Um, what I do find on social media is that a lot of it is repetitive and um, that has actually discouraged me several times from trying to do something that I know that I'm excellent at because it's so saturated on Mm -hmm. social media that I'm like "Mm, I don't know if I'm going to actually launch it on social media and uh, I meant to say this earlier when we were talking about the younger generation is that this it took Will Smith what 50 years to get on social media? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me pause and, and let me pause that. Uh, social media um, hasn't been around for fifty years, but I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> right, right, right. But you, but you see what I'm saying. <laughs> I got you. Of, even how, how long has social media been around? What the last ten? Yeah. Um, yeah, so well, actually, years, actually, more than that, probably I was like rebelling against Facebook in college. I did not get on Facebook the entire time I was in college until I pledged Alpha Kappa Alpha, right. and it was because my shameless life, plug. Uh huh. Yeah, it's been around probably about sixteen years now. Okay, so sixteen years, right? I did not. I really rebelled against Facebook. I was like. There's no reason for it. I talk to people. I can pass out flyers. And they were like, no, it reaches out to an even broader audience, right? Mm-hmm. In the 16 years that social media has been around, the top mogul life people did not get on until a year or two ago. Absolutely. And also, they're not posting things that, like you said, are about necessarily their real life they're just posting something to entertain you and if you were able to separate the two you would be able to you know critically think about those things but social media is a great tool if you want to be a self-made millionaire right because at this point you can get on social media and do one simple thing somebody makes it go go viral and then now you're forced to be consistent right now you're forced to uh, make content now all of a sudden you're a content creator right <laughs> that's why these new labels in my opinion you know they're they're kind of flimsy right you're a brand you're a brand ambassador now because one person gave you their shoe to put on your foot and now you're making a million dollars yeah so social media definitely can catapult your career it's definitely going to catapult mine but I think that it's important that you use social media as a tool and not make it vital to your life. Because if you're privy to, like, Angela Benton and Issa Rae and you know what's happening in black technology right now, they own your data. Mm -hmm. So if you're using it as a tool... My girl, Bree. My girl, Bree, knowing about Angela Benton. What in the world, baby? (laughs) Y'all look up Angela Benton on Instagram. Also, Alex Wait. Wolf. Also, learn about data. 
go on, go on. Um, I gotta say this real quick, Brie, because you you be preaching, girl. Like, this is why I've been waiting to do this show with you. Like, I was like, this show is gonna be out of control. We're already at 39 minutes, but stay with okay. us because we can talk and we talking good stuff. But um, these ladies are talking data. Data is worth more than oil at this point yeah. in the world. When you're logging into Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever else, uh, TikTok, um, what is it, Snapchat, good grief. Like, I, I don't even know all of them now. They're coming out with more. Um, there's actually one that just came out, Bree, that does not share your data. That's what they say. So that's like their tagline. Um, but this, my, my goodness, like, I don't even know where to start. Data is, it, it is so important, guys. You need to know that these people are monetizing off of your data like they're making billions off of things that you're interested in that's why when you think about a shoe that you like or you say it aloud or you are searching it it pops up on your feed and then you send like listen i have gotten into sneakers and i'll just look at a sneaker and the next thing i know the next 10 days i see that sneaker until i buy that sneaker i've realized it and more importantly this last election the man who is known as or orangey porgy um or donald trump um he is in office based off of your data and people clickbaiting you and people trying to get you upset about things that's why i can look at comments on the shade room and say that's russia russia get out of the comment section we understand that you are a bot you are a you're you're russia and you're trying to devise us that's why you'll see a post about a black woman and then some random fake white guy says that all black women are ugly we love blonde women or a black man is saying that that is not a real person that is something that is going to divide you it is divisive and so they get on these um you know, they get into your data, they get into these uh, predominantly black areas or predominantly white areas and spark negativity to start a conversation to affect your vote and to affect your buying to monetize off of you. And so we have to be smarter about the content that we create. Uh, but go back, Bree. Go ahead. I, I want you to continue because you you talking. So that is your goal this year for 2020 to create more content. If it's your goal to be on social media, if it's your goal to um, start a business and use social media as a tool, you need to be privy to that. My, my intentions this year were one to get my money right, and I just recently talked about that on Instagram, and now I can't stop seeing money posts. Right, so I, I uh, wanted to get my money right. But another thing in in order to get your money right, you have to become more business savvy. You have to become more business minded. So I started to say that I wanted to expose myself to more wealth-finding information. Those are intentions that I've set for 2020. Also, if you're planning to create more, you got to plan to execute more, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about this earlier in the episode with finishing things. My book was something that I actually 
actually finished, a vision that I had that came to my mind that I put forth the effort and the work that it took in order to complete it. And even up to this up to this year, 29, last year, 2019, when I went and I took a vacation in California, I kept saying to myself, I never finished anything. I have all these things. And my spiritual guide was like, you know, God does not give us those things to just be incomplete. And you will finish them. You will finish them on your time, and God's timing will propel those things, right? So I have all these finished products. I have all these things that I want to execute, and I think that they're not finished, but I'm just waiting on go, right? So if you're planning to create more, you have to plan to execute more. You have to plan those little small details that are going to get your things to be manifested, which is one of my words for 2020, manifestation, intentional, and positivity, because last year, I I did a lot of negative self-talk, I did a lot of negative talk altogether, because I went through a lot of trials last year, and um, I'm I'm out of that, we're done with that, okay? I'm with you on that one, Um, because, again, as did I. I. I dealt with a, a serious health issue in 2019. And someone asked me the other day, it was like, how are you doing? Even my uncle, he flew in um, this weekend, this past weekend. And last night he was over and he was saying, well, you know, your mom has been telling me kind of what you've been dealing with. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm Uncle Jerry. I'm exhausted about even talking about it. Like I'm I don't want to continue to talk on it because words have power. And yes, they do. I, I started to say things like, I'm going to be better, or this year is going to be better. Last year, I, I allowed this thing that I was diagnosed with to keep me crippled or to keep me from doing the things that I wanted to do because of fear of, you know, what would happen or how I was dealing with it. And this year I'm not allowing that to happen by any means necessary. So today I actually kicked off, um, this new lifestyle change I'm making and I've, I've been wanting to do it for so long, but you know, like Bree said, sometimes you, you have gone through so much negativity or you've been dealing with something for so long that you're like, well, why even bother? And so you begin to have, because of those trials and tribulations, you begin to, you know, allow yourself to sink into that negativity. So this year, like, like, um, you were saying it is important and imperative that we start to uh, say positive things and be affirming to ourselves and be kind to ourselves. Like we got to be kind to ourselves guys. Like, um, and then, like you said, with financial, you, we want all these things, but start paying down your debt, start making small steps where, you know, if you have, we have all these, um, tools now. So you have, they're free. If you have a credit card with capital one, they have this whole thing going there called CreditWise, um, where it's basically times two of what Credit Karma is. You can uh, track down your spending. You can track down your debt. Um, you can track down what you owe, how much debt you owe. Um, you can apply for different credit cards with different interest rates and things of that nature. Um, 
So we have all this information that is is like readily available to us, but we find ourselves not utilizing it. And so what I started doing and last week, what I did, I knocked down three. Um, I paid down like three or four things that I was that I had on my credit. I just paid them down. And then I know. Thank you. I want to shout. Um, but then there was like a um like i said there's a um an app now for everything and so on the on the uh capital one app it said if you pay down there was a tip that's the word i'm looking for there was a tip that said if you pay down 69 dollars of this particular credit card it will have your credit to x number by the next time basically your credit is ran um I mean, we have all this stuff available to us and that was just not even a large amount of money. So sometimes why don't we do those things? Why don't we utilize the things and the gifts that we have? And so even in your finances, you cannot get to where you're needing to be. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to invest, if you're looking to save more, if you're looking to travel, you've got to start making some financial changes. And I didn't make the best financial decisions last year. And sometimes, and I find that whenever you set intentions to um, attack your finances, that's when they actually get attacked. So, you know, be mindful of that. Start making different streams of income. Um, look into your HRA or, well, well, not HRA, but uh, look into your IRA or um, your 401k and find different options and, and things of that nature. Get, get well-versed on money, guys. Like, in the black community... We have got to get educated on how money works. Stop giving your money to brands and things of that nature. Uh, William, what, what Warren Buffett, I was going to say William Buffett. Warren Buffett said that he does not own a pair of Nike shoes, but he owns a hundred million, um, you know, dollars worth of stock in Nike. So, that I don't know what year that was said because I'm pretty sure he owns more now, but that is important for us to understand that concept. We own all of this stuff in our closet. I'm looking at my closet because my studio is in my room. And so I'm looking at all of my things and all of these labels, but I don't own a portion of those labels. I don't own anything in those companies. And so it is important for us to start investing in stock. If you want to learn a little bit about it, hit me up on social media. I I do. I've gotten into a little bit of stocks, y'all. I love it. Um, I did this this past year. Yeah. Yeah. Do it, boo. One, one, check out my boss, the Budgetista. Go to her page. She has a um, investing seminar with Tila, T-E-L-A, and they did a whole series on how to get started in investing. Go to the Budgetista, Live Richer Academy. Everything on that site is free. You can start your savings course. You can start an investing course. You can start a business course. All those things. She has a wealth of knowledge on LiveRicherAcademy.com. And, I mean, if you're looking for tools or ways to figure out how to get money, that's what you need. Like she said, you need to become well-versed about money. 
that's why all this financial education is coming out. Everybody's, uh, you know, starting their finance uh, seminars and things like that. But be, be weary because there are also some places that are doing those things and still trapping you in a bind. Right. Second plug I want to do is the Wall Street Trapper. He's the one who taught me how to invest and how to actually be financially free. You don't want to get into a finance course and become financially bound. You want to get free, right? So just like Warren Buffett said, because the Wall Street Trapper follows him very closely, Warren Buffett said you need to own more stock than you own things. Your assets, buying a house, all those things, they do depreciate in value. The equity that you want to acquire and the equity that uh, Beyonce was talking about in her song was not the equity in your home, boo. It was the equity in the stocks that she owned. So you got to get privy to those stocks. And the reason why I follow the Wall Street Trapper is because he breaks it down so that I can understand. If you get into a course and they're talking about dividends and subtracting and adding all that stuff and you don't know what they're talking about, you're going to leave confused. Wall Street Trapper, $19 a month to get into his uh, Facebook um, group, but he has free content all over his Instagram. So if you want to be addicted to something, get addicted to making money and being financially free so you can get out of that 9 to 5. That's right. That is absolutely right. And I was trying to look up what company that Beyonce made them pay her in equity. And was it? I want to oh, say. God, I, don't know. I think it was Uber. It might have been because you know her and Jay own Uber. Yeah, they own some of Uber. Um, uh, but I just bought stock in Nike. I bought stock in Delta Airlines, and I bought stock in um, PG and E Energy Company. Right. You well versed. Yeah. Research your stock. You giving all your money to these brands, and you trying to learn to be a brand ambassador. You paying people to teach you things. You can pay yourself. And look it up yourself on Google. Yeah. Look it up yourself on these people's pages where they cite their resources. Go to their resource. The information that they're getting is not created, you know, based off of uh, things that they haven't researched on their own. They have citations on there. Go to their resource. Pay yourself. Pay yourself forward. And that was something that I learned this year, too. Pay yourself first. Absolutely. Pay yourself first before you pay anybody else. And and guys, these savings accounts, sometimes when you have checking, they will offer you a savings account for free. Um, mm-hmm. I have two large banks that I use. And one thing I like that um, Bank of America has started is that you can start saving for anything that you want within the app. And so, like, you can do, like, a vacation. Say, for instance, you know, Bree and I are trying to go to Philly this summer. And I'm also, I'm also taking a trip to Vegas this summer with some friends. But you can set, like, vacation and then take your, your money that you're, you're um, making and then put a, a certain portion of that towards that account within the account. So we, like I said, we have a lot of things that are readily available to us that, that is basically free. And so they're very free. They're automated and things of that nature. I think we've given you guys a lot of tips and it may have felt all over the place, but this is what we do. We give you what you need. 
Like, we give you what you need. Anytime, Bree and I, maybe we'll do, like, a show once a month, Bree. I don't know. I ain't talking yeah, to her about that. But, um, you know, this is something that we want to see our people free. Free in every aspect of your lives. Um, whether it's, you know, financial, finances. Bree is working with the Budgetista now. And so, I, I mean, that's that's amazing, y'all. I don't think you heard what she said. So can you plug that again? Um, plug her Instagram and the website one more time. Absolutely. So Tiffany Aliche, the Budgetista, and her Instagram handle is at the Budgetista. Her um, academy is called Live Richer Academy. LRA is usually how it's um, abbreviated, but LiveRicherAcademy.com. Join any of those challenges, and they're all free. You can join at any time, even if one has already started. You can still join it. It will send you everything from day one. It's amazing. Second one, the Wall Street Trapper. On Instagram, he is at Wall Street Trapper. He will teach you everything you need to know about stocks, and you break it down like you to plug, and you got your trap house, and this is what we going to do. This is how we going to own our stocks and get our equity, get our dividends. And let me also say that wealth is a long game. It is not a quick fix. You're not going to get rich tomorrow. But what's great is that you're going to get rich in knowledge about how to become wealthy. That's right. Uh, again, like Bree said, the long game, one thing, one lesson I learned, the biggest lesson uh, about money or investing that I learned in 2019 was that this is a long game. Uh, Robin Hood is your friend. If you're familiar, download the app. Um, that's what I use. I use Robin Hood. Um, nothing fancy, nothing smancy, but um, had I been playing the long game, your girl would have been sitting pretty by now. Uh, there were two stocks that I did research on. Uh, one, I um, really, I'm going to tell y'all how easy this is. I Googled stocks to watch for 2019. Y'all, I'm telling you, this stuff is not rocket science. One of the stocks that I Googled that was to watch um, for 2019 was when I bought in, it was like $5 a share. Now that stock is close to $100 a share. So in 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 a year, actually it was like less than a year, um, I sold that stock and now I am sick, but um, I had a, a good bit of shares. Um, but there's a pharmaceutical company that I invested in as well that is now... Uh, at, at the time it was like a penny stock. So it might've been like, I don't even know how much, I think it was like 70 cents a share. Now it's like $20 a share. Um, friends of mine at work are a quarter million dollars in, um, but due to my health and stuff, I sold and I don't regret it, but, um, I needed the finances at the time because of, yeah. like I said, I had a health issue and it was good for me to have that health, to have that in my pocket or else I probably wouldn't have been able to eat. But, you know, um, I, I'm starting over again and I'm proud of those who are still in and who have made a wealth of a of, of great uh, bit of money now. And there and I keep telling them, like, well, you're at a quarter million. Why don't you pull? And they're like. Uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not pulling. Like, we're going to ride this train. And I'm like, that's so scary. It's risky, but, you know, 
it hey like Bree said the key word this is a long game it's how wealthy do you want to be if you want to you know flip a profit for just a little bit um that works too like i said robin hood is your friend it is there's no you know liability and 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 i like that the turnover if you want to pull you can pull um so again like i said we might do this once a month where we just talk about finances because this is good information finances and technology um is is very important and i want to start getting information that i know out because a lot of times you don't have people that you can talk about these things with but i think that there are a lot of people who want to know this information so many people who start businesses and i see so much in wow, they, I wish they would do this way or they really have something here. I could really help them. Um, like, but branding and marketing and PR is, is lacking and you get with these people who say they can do it and they really don't have a clue. So these are things that I'm, I want to start talking about this year. So we're going to do more classes and more podcasting on, on this information because information is powerful. It's very powerful. Um, like we said in technology, data is more important than oil. It is more valuable than oil. And so uh, we, we've touched on everything I wanted to touch on. Again, this is my great friend, uh, Brianna Powell, a.k.a. Breezy. And Bree, I want you to give your handle, all your social media handle, so those who can find you. And uh, also, I want to really, really... Let everyone know Rose Colored Glasses is available everywhere. Books are digitally sold as well as physically. You know, you can get it. You can order it online. Have it. Um, if you want it on Amazon, it's available. Um, go and sew into her life. She's a dear friend of mine. Um, and I'm really grateful that she did this show with me today. And I know it's gone over an hour, but this is some good information. And I would not have it any other way. Um, Bree, just go ahead and plug yourself. All right, you guys, you can follow me on Instagram at it's breezy baby, the number one. That's I T S B R E E Z Y B A B Y, number one. Um, I'm not very active on Facebook or Twitter. My Twitter handle is breezy baby one four three. If you find me on there, don't look for any content. Instagram <laughs> is my number one. Uh, Facebook, you can find me on there as Bree Powell, B R E E Powell, P O W E L L. You guys buy the book. Rose colored glasses is on Amazon physically. You can buy, find it at Barnes and Noble. Anywhere worldwide, it is sold. And I just want to say I'm grateful for being on here today, my dear friend. She called me up. She said you're gonna be on my show, and I was so excited. <laughs> So I love you, Nita, and thank you so much. All right, guys, this is uh, yours truly, Nita Love, with no rest in the queendom. Um, that means, and I just want to tell you, Bree, what that means to me is that there was a line in one of Beyonce's songs that she said, no rest in the kingdom. And I was like, this girl is a queen, baby. There's no rest in the queendom. And so yeah, people have tried to, yeah, like people have tried to steal it, you know, but you know, this is my thing. This is my baby. And, um, it's, it's about Queens that, 
it's not about not getting rest because rest is important. <laughs> but in in the kingdom of women, we are bosses, and particularly yes. black women, we are bosses. But we all doing it. You know, I love everybody. No disrespect or, uh, to anyone, but we're all doing it, and we're um people are becoming entrepreneurs, and and that's what this podcast was about. Was about business. It was about getting the information and sharing it with women, and also you know like today we've talked about men you know and not beating them down uplifting them our kings and so that's what no rest in the queendom is about i thank you all for rocking with me thank you breezy for being with me y'all have a wonderful day we're signing off no rest in the queendom baby